You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Bar and Kevin Gieszewski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. It's Bob and Kevin plus one. We've got Ben in studio today, and uh, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. I'm Bob from the Bob and Kevin Show, and the two other guys on screen are... I'm Kevin, the other half of the Bob and Kevin Show, and I've invited Ben, and he can introduce himself. Hi, I'm Ben. That was easy. Oh, God. And Ben's going to make us both sound real bad today, I can I already he's, tell. He's totally got you know, that radio voice. That voice. So, uh, Bob, I brought Ben on the show today because he has uh, something that you might be interested in. He has uh, a little thing called Starlink at his house, something we've talked yes. about a lot. I so, actually teased that earlier this week to the fans all across the interwebs. So you're a much anticipated guest, Ben. Oh, thanks. So I'll set the stage a little bit for the lay listener here. So... Uh, ben and I, we, we both live kind of rural. Um, Bob is flaunting the uh, the fiber optic internet over there at his house. But over here in the real world in Indiana, uh, we don't have such fancy things yet. So we're, I think, Uncle Elon's prime customer. And I haven't pulled the trigger yet on Starlink, mostly because I'm under a contract with my current provider. And I haven't really reasoned whether or not... It's worth having dual internet, which I've totally had before, but also because I want guinea pigs like Ben to s- struggle a little bit and see if it's worth yeah. me doing it. We're, we're super lucky to have a Ben because I tried to get you to jump into Starlink right away for show content, but yes. as you said, you couldn't pull the trigger. So again, Ben, thanks. Um, before we dive in, Ben, just tell our thousands and thousands of listeners just a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, let's see here. Well, I'm, I'm Ben, for starters. Uh, <laughs> I don't like long walks on the beach, though. Uh, I'm not really into that. But uh, I, the thing is, is I kind of grew up in the inner city of Fort Wayne. So then kind of moving out here to the sticks, kind of put a stop on things that I'm used to being in the city and everything. So marrying a country girl kind of puts, puts the farm boy into you. So... I had to learn how to uh, take care of a mini farm too. That was kind of fun, but uh, nice. yeah, this sounds familiar. I didn't know so that what about you. Because, well, hold on. I didn't know this about you. Cause I, I grew up in Fort Wayne and I married a farm girl in Columbia city. Now I'm trapped. I mean, I live out here. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And so we'll have to talk offline a little bit more about that. So yeah. sorry, Bob continue. <laughs> Sarah, sorry if you're listening. Cause your husband said the word trapped. Uh, that's really his bad. Um, she won't listen. I'm not worried. <laughs> I know family, family doesn't listen. Only, uh, only Josh does because he's paid to. Oh, should we maybe do that before we get too far into things? Or? We should, but I'll totally put it on you this week to pay the bills because I don't have it up in front of me. That's okay. I knew you would do that, and I do have it up in front of me. So uh, shout out to the longtime sponsor of the show, Beatty Bar Media. Uh, this episode is 
well as many of the f- previous episodes you've listened to are brought to you by Beatty Bar Media. Beatty Bar Media is an online editing and production company that specializes in music, podcasts, production of video and audio services for creators of all backgrounds. Wow, that was rough. Sorry, Josh. Uh, <laughs> Beatty Bar Media is efficient, reliable, and services. their services will save you stress on any project. Uh, reason why Bob and Kevin's show uses Beatty Bar Media is because he allows us to just be creators. Uh, we show up, we make sure that the picture works for everyone out in the internet streaming world. And then Josh puts the audio files together after the fact, and we don't have to sweat it. Um, we've got a pretty good system worked out for him and he just allows us to do our thing. So Beatty Bar Media is also encouraging you to do your thing by offering a 10% discount on your first project with Beatty Bar Media. Now, how do you claim that discount? You just go to www.bat-barr.media slash BK show, and you can get a 10% discount on your first project. Uh, Kevin, got anything you want to add there? I, I do. You know why I like Josh and Beatty Bar Media? Because last week we were doing this whole podcast thing and the live stream crashed and uh, we got our money's worth out of Josh, um, like we always do. But he had to piece together some audio uh, mischief, so that was worth it, it, if nothing else. If he didn't, if he didn't tell me where he patched it, I would have never been able to tell. So good on you, Josh. Thanks. I mean, obviously you're a pro. That's what we expect. But it's still always interesting. Uh, ben, you have any thoughts on Beatty Bar Media? <laughs> No, he doesn't know. He doesn't know who Baby Bar Media is. That sounds really good. But our listeners now do. And Ben actually does. Yes. Yes. All right. Awkward segue alert. Um, Now back to the regular program. Yes. Ben, um, Starlink, um, what made you get it? We'll just start with that. Yeah. So being out in the middle of nowhere, uh, I get nothing. I can't like when they went to uh, switch regular TV over to digital, I actually lost regular TV. So I couldn't even get the digital signals. Wow. So, cause I used to get uh, Mishawaka stations mm-hmm. where I'm at. And then, so that Mishawaka's digital didn't go that far and I could never get the Fort Wayne one. So I pretty much had to go to satellite TV. And so then I'm like, well, I need internet too. So went to satellite internet. So I have everything is satellite where I'm at. I cannot get anything else. So let's, let's uh, kind of paint the picture of what Starlink is for someone who doesn't know anything about Starlink versus traditional satellite. So side note, I grew up in Mishawaka before Fort Wayne. It's getting really weird. Uh, <laughs> secondly, I was in the military um, and my job was 25 Sierra, which is uh, SATCOM uh, uh, operator maintainer. And we use geosynchronous satellites. So Imagine around the equator, if you could push out the equator to 22,500 miles, you know, as an orbit around the equator, that's where our standard communication satellites live before Starlink. The problem with that is you got a 500 millisecond up and back. So you've got serious uh, latency problems. You're going to get lag frag if you're playing games. Um, It's not so bad on streaming because who cares if you're a half second behind because that's going to be continual. However, Skype, <laughs> something like this. We're using Skype, by the way, because uh, for those not watching right now and only listening, um, it's just terrible. And um, satellite resources are super limited because there's only so much bandwidth on a bird, as we call it. So the main fundamental difference with Starlink versus traditional, because I think we've ever used uh, 
It's like Dish Network's uh, satellite internet. I've used uh, HughesNet and Viasat. HughesNet, that's the one I was thinking. So those are your traditional satellite providers, and they're not cheap. You don't get much bandwidth. How much bandwidth were you getting on those? Uh, I would. I was paying for, of course, the plan was expired. It was 100 gig unlimited, you know, the whole. So throughput, right? Yeah. Is the, is the 100 gig. Yep. Okay. And the bandwidth I was getting, I was supposed to be getting 15 down and two up. And what'd you really get? I was really getting about one to two down to Oof. half up. Ouch. Okay. So, so that's what you were doing prior to the Starlink. That's what you were living with. Yeah. And 700 pings per second. Yep. Yeah. The whole 700 pings. So the latency was real bad. And so it was really kind of hard to do much of anything. So to someone who doesn't know internet, satellite internet, like doesn't realize that this is a new breed of satellite internet because this is low earth orbit internet and think of it as a constellation of cell towers that are in space that are floating. That's basically what Starlink is. And so because it's so much closer, it's just above the orbit of the uh, International Space Station. The latency is much, much better. Tell us what you're getting now with Starlink. So now it depends a little bit because they're doing the beta still. But uh, my pings, my milliseconds are right around 40 instead of 700. And then I will range anywhere steady wise between 30 down to 120 and then my up usually stays pretty much right around 12. So I'm pretty much pretty consistent around a 30 down and a 12 up, but there's a lot of times it's up around a hundred. It depends on the time of the day. So with the time of day, would that be dependent upon where the satellites are located or would that depend upon how many people in your hood are using Starlink? (laughs) Well, I think it's more of the satellite because I've been noticing a trend here lately is that around eight o'clock I lose internet and then it'll show that there was no satellites and it reconnects. And then next thing I know, I'm running at a hundred down. So, so you are, so that was part of the deal, right? Of signing up for the beta is, Hey, you have to be okay with an outage window. So I was, I was, I was getting the impression from you. You weren't seeing any outages, but you are seeing some of them. Yes, I am. Now that I've been doing it more. And what's kind of nice about them is on the app it has itself. You can go to the status page and it will actually, they don't lie to you. They'll say, hey, it was down for beta. It was down for uh, satellite or just loss of a signal. So it'll actually show you on a graph of what, why it went down, not just saying, oh, I don't know why it's down. And they'll even send an email out sometimes. So we're assuming that that outage is because there's, I mean, they're still sending satellites up all the time. So we're assuming that that's just a gap in the chain or the, the web that's basically going to go around the planet, the, the girdle. Yeah. I think so. It says that it's re- trying to reconnect, waiting for next satellite is usually what it'll tell me if I look at it. Do you have any idea, Ben, how, um, how much space there is between satellites? Is there like three satellites in the sky at once or is there like only one at most? That I don't know. Okay. I know that the one of the emails they sent out that usually it'll lock into one satellite and it keeps it on that one, but they're working on patching that to allow it to flip between uh, satellites easily without loss. Now, you had this at first on the ground, right? Yes. <laughs> you sent me pictures and it was on the ground. And then you moved it to your roof. Did you see substantial benefits from yes. kind of your look angle, if you will? Yeah. So it, 
the the app is a little difficult on where it shows check for obstructions because the low light that it puts on the app you can't you're like trying to really read it's a real dark screen for it but it's really looking for that field of view 110 field field of view and it always just a little bit of the house and the woods was causing some problems with that so once i put it on the roof it it went so the the time i moved it it was giving me i was really struggling on it i was getting about a 20 down at the time and still getting that 10 up and then when i moved it to the top of the roof i instantly got 120 down and like that whole 12 up and i'm like geez so and then my latency was around 60 at the time and now i'm running right around 40. so it's really really helped it i haven't put it to the very top of my roof yet i'm just kind of waiting and letting it kind of ride on just to the bottom of the roof so because there's still if i look up there there's still a little bit of obstruction but i'm waiting for the trees to kind of grow in so, so I, I, I think Kevin and I know that you have a little bit of a, a tech, technical and tech background, but mm-hmm. it kind of sounds like Starlink's taking pretty good care of its customers, like the setup. I mean, oh. how did you find the setup? The setup was a piece of cake. Actually, it comes in the box already plugged in and it's color coded black and white cords. So all you have to, if. Other than putting it on the tripod where it clips right on in for you, um, you just plug it into the power outlet and then that's it. I mean, does it have any servos or anything that kind of like adjust it or anything? Yes. Yeah. So it takes about uh, usually about three minutes from the first startup of it. Yeah. It'll just sit there and the next thing it'll just move. The whole dish will just rotate over and then kind of moves around and readjust itself. It, the, the really difficult part was uh, going to the app. And then remember, and I need to go to my Wi-Fi and then go out of my Wi-Fi and go back to the app. Mm-hmm. But they actually kind of, they kind of tell you that you just got to remember to read it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's clunky with most like internet related services. Like if you add a device, like a, any kind of like assistant device to your home you or like smart speakers or anything like that, you've got to connect to that network first to get the communication going between it and the phone. And then it bridges that over to the actual, your house network. So Ben, talk to us a little Um, bit about, Oh, oh, go ahead, ahead, Kevin. Uh Go ahead. We have latency. None of us are on HughesNet, are we? Anyway, just, just, (laughs) just asking. Um, (laughs) Ben, um, can you describe the signup process? What did you do to get on any list? How long did it take you? How much did it, cost that sort of thing yeah so i heard there was a list but i went ahead and just went to the spacex site and i went on there and i said i just want to buy it i didn't even ask to get on no beta program and it was like right around 550 dollars and and that basically took me it said it was going to take a little bit longer it's going to take eight weeks to get my equipment because it was on back order but i actually got it in five weeks so and they sent me the notification and like two days later it was out my front door so that's awesome. So is that 550 just for the initial hardware or I mean is it a monthly billing? How does that all work? Yep. So it was 550 for the initial hardware, so it's just for the satellite and the the um the router, the modem that comes with it. And then it's only $99 a month for uh service, which is a huge savings for what I was paying. So just to give a contrast, we have local line of sight providers because out in the sticks here, we usually have roll the dice if there's a cable line that goes by your house. If not, roll the dice if there's a 
land line that can be used as DSL, and then roll the dice that there's a line of sight system. So those are kind of your non-Starlink choices out here. I'm on a line of sight system. In fact, we're, we're live streaming on that line of sight system and I'm getting about 20 down and four up depending on the time of day. And we're doing all kinds of craziness. We're, we're bouncing our signal to the barn down the road and then turning a right hand corner so I can see the radio tower mm -hmm. um, like Scott, my brother-in-law is doing. So <laughs> it's cool stuff, but it's just like just to get internet. Um, <clears throat> and I'm paying, I think 80 bucks a month. I think, I was supposed to charge more because or be charged more because I signed a contract. I think I got a discount, but um, what do you think about Starlink long-term versus those three types of internet that might be available to people out there? Would at this point, do you recommend people try the bait, the beta of Starlink? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, I was paying for, of course I had a hundred gig limit every month. And like I said, it was really getting uh, basically one down and half up. And I was paying $167 a month for that. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> I, maybe we should protect that internet service provider so they don't get a, you know any sort of malice on their social media. But dang, that's, that's pretty rough. I'm honestly thinking that some of these line of sight providers either better step up and step up quickly or they're going to watch their business fade away. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, because obviously Starlink's not going anywhere. I mean, they're putting satellites up in space just for this purpose, right? Bob, I love it when you give me a perfect segue. Bob, guess how <laughs> many satellites have been launched for Starlink so far? Are they are they getting close to 300? And if you had another guess, it would be? I don't know. Help me. Higher or lower? Higher, higher, higher. Uh, then I have no guess. Okay. You help me out. 1,445 have been launched, but there's only 1,378 because they've had to deorbit some of them. And we've talked a little bit about some of the logistics there about what do you do with satellites that are defunct? And we're tech guys, the three of us. When somebody says, hey, the printer's broke, you walk over there, you look at it, and you open it up, you fix the printer and you walk away. You can't do that with a satellite <laughs> without some sort of special, I don't know, rocket or something like that. Do you have any reservations or uh, issues about buying into Starlink? Now you're only 550 plus a monthly fee into it. Cause you're not under a contract. Are you? Uh, no, just pay every month because of the equipment's now it's mine. So, yep, which is great because I, you know, when you have to rent that cable modem for 10 bucks a month in the long run, just buy the damn thing. Yeah. Know? I just sent mine back today. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, for the other service. So do you have any qualms <laughs> or reservations about, um, the ability of Starlink to be able to keep their network operational? Is that at all a thing? I, I do not. Uh, part of that reason is the very first day I got Starlink, uh, there was a really big storm. I mean, it was a real big storm. And my wife does online teaching and stuff. And so she really needed the internet. And we have a lot of issues a lot of times when storms come through with the satellite. Well, we lost internet. And she's like, I need to get this done. And she goes, what's that Starlink password again? And so I told her and she said it ran great. I did a speed test and it was running through a big storm and everything. And I'm like, wow. So that's interesting because in the military we use, uh, and I'm looking on the Wikipedia, you know, totally Wikipedia true. 
KU band and KA <laughs> band, and we used uh, X band. Those three bands we used in the military. X band is for military. KU and KA is commercial satellite. Um, direct TV and stuff like that. I believe they use KU or KA. I'll have to look that up, but they're totally susceptible to rain fade. You know, it gets super stormy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been told the reason that is, and this happened with our military stuff too. Sorry, military secrets. Um, is if it rained really hard, you could lose connection. So you haven't experienced that yet? Not with uh, the Starlink. No. Okay. Well, I don't know if we've had a really I've had good two big storms. Have we? Okay. Oh, yeah. You live. Yeah pretty far from here don't you yeah the other side of whitley county okay but now whitley county <laughs> is that is that a function of the rain droplets in the atmosphere or is that a function of water on your dish i think it's um i the waves explained to me in the military is the ku wavelength and ka is the similar size to a water vapor droplet so it, it creates interference is the problem yeah. So they've always told me if I had really thick clouds in the area that I'd have an issue, but who who's they? Uh that my satellite provider. Okay. All right. But They'd not like, Starlink. No, not I haven't had no. No, I have not had any allergies for that. It's always been a bait or something. I never during a storm yet. I've had two big ones. That's what's um what's the altitude difference between the Starlink satellites and some of the other satellite internet provider satellites? 22,500 miles is what your HughesNet is going to be at. Starlink, I think 70 miles. Okay. So they are lower. Oh, they are. Yeah. And and that's what it is. And so if we talk through satellite technology real quick with three satellites at 22,500 miles up, you can cover the entire earth except for some of the poles. So we didn't pick 22,500 just magically. It's so you can actually cover the earth in a f- as few as amount of satellites as possible to go all the way around the world because a satellite can't see the backside, you know, and you actually need three of them to go all the way around at that orbit. So when you close in the orbit, you now need more satellites. So that's why we've got these micro satellites and they're really tiny. They launch them, what, 60 at a time. And yep. um the really cool thing about these is is the the three traditional satellites will too they they can see each other so signal can come up i can pass off to you then you can go back down so that's how they can do it but starlink does the same thing it sees you on the ground and then it has neighbor nodes and then it can just laterally transfer in orbit the signal so it's not just a matter of it goes up and then it has to have what we call the footprint uh the beam footprint cuz um every satellite has how much Imagine shining a flashlight back to Earth. What lights up? That's your your, your satellite's um, look. The lower you orbit you are, the smaller your look is, and and vice versa. But that's why we have to have so freaking many um, little tiny Starlink ones in order to make that constellation work. And I believe they started at the higher latitudes and they're working their way down towards the equator. But I couldn't tell you if they're like doing more in the north and less in the south because most of the population of earth is in the north but because of the way orbital dynamics work i don't know if they can cherry pick north versus south because they do you know laps around the earth so i don't know if that answered your question bob that was a lot of nerd stuff right there <laughs> no no i was basically just looking for you know some of the reasons why the Starlink might be so much more reliable than the other satellites. Oh. And obviously that distance is going to be a definite contributing factor. 
So the thing with less satellites too, is it means you also have less bandwidth possible because a satellite works with, a lot of people don't realize digital communications leverage analog communications all the time. So when you do satellite yeah, there's communications, there's no such thing as digital. <laughs> right. So a cell phone, even though it's the end results, a digital phone, you're using radio waves, which are analog waves to talk to a radio tower. They're just fancy radios. And then when we go from analog to digital, digital analog, that's just called modulation. We're just, and we can put, we're using the, the analog wave as a carrier wave to put data on it. The smaller your carrier wave is, the more data you can put on it. Hence, 5G can do a lot more data because it's a lot smaller thing. But your trade-off is going to be interference. You know, I can't go through a wall with a smaller beam, just like bass. You can hear that thumping from the other room. It's a long wavelength. But the guitar... You can't hear it as well. It sounds tinny, right? Same concept. So, Ben, do you have any concerns that that Elon will start to sell off some of that bandwidth that you're using for like other larger communication purposes? Because, I mean, the military has those satellites way up in the sky, too. It really would probably be to their advantage to use some of those low Earth, that low Earth bandwidth. Yeah, I, I want to, hopefully I can keep the bandwidth. Yeah, that'd be nice, especially since I'm streaming TV now, uh, where I couldn't do that before. Um, so yeah, well, that was a I question would, I had too. So, so you bailed on, so you don't have traditional TV service, like satellite TV service anymore. It's just through the Starlink. Right. I used to have dish and I got rid of them, uh, last week. And so now I've been streaming TV service and it's been great. <clears throat> so that's more, impressive. Mark government slash legacy satellite stuff. Have you fellas ever used a Iridium phone? It's also the phone that Osama bin Laden would say, Hey, he's got a satellite phone because we call them Iridium phones. Cause there's a constellation of, um, satellites called Iridium and it's a company. It's, I think they're not profitable and they're pretty much held up by the government because the government leverages their resources a lot. So if you ever see somebody with a satellite phone, they're using it. And if you've ever seen a satellite phone, it's got the antenna that's like, it's huge. And it's a phone that looks like the very first generation cell phone. It's just like this. Yep. Like, you know, like the 18. Exactly. It's just like, what? It, it looks like a walkie talkie. You know, it's just terribly large. So that's the kind of technology that Starlink can probably put out of business. And uh, the military can use commercial and um, government satellites because we have encryption it's totally safe to do. So you know, they encrypt the signal up, they decrypt it on the way down and that's totally, totally fair. Um, and it's much harder to jam a bunch of satellites versus one or two satellites. So there's actually an advantage to do that because to jam a satellite signal, all you have to do is send a radio signal louder than everybody else's. And you, you basically um, just make it too noisy on the satellite. So I definitely think, the bandwidth could be used by non-traditional sources. I've got like three thoughts here. I'll, I'll rapid fire them and I'll, I'll shut up. But um, the NRECA, which is the National Rural Co-op Association, recently filed a complaint with the government because they gave Elon money and Starlink a bunch of money for satellite internet. It's like a grant. Normally, the this co-op um, is is basically helping rural communities with their broadband. They didn't like Elon getting this because they're because Starlink's available not only in rural areas, but where <laughs> urban too. 
can't exactly discriminate there. But the good news is, is if you're in an urban area like Bob, you're going to have fiber. You'd be like, I don't want the Starlink anyway. It's just not as performant. Um, but they get grant money for that. So I think there's, it's very, there's probably some rules on who can use it. So it, it's very possible that, hey, no, sorry, you've got these options. <laughs> we can't sign you up. That might be coming one day. And then the other thing is, is Starlink is a giant cable modem. So if there's a bunch of people in your neighborhood, you know, you, you may be like, hey, it's great now. But if 50 of my neighbors sign up for it, is it still great? TBD. Right? I just saw one of my neighbors putting one in his yard. So you can go sabotage it. Be like, <laughs> cut the cables at night. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so, all right. That was going to be one of my other questions, though. So it is catching on in, in your area then, huh? Mm-hmm. I've seen a few people mention it in. My brother-in-law's ordered it, and I know at least one other person's ordered it. Now I feel like I'm like not a cool kid now because I could have <laughs> ordered it, but I didn't. You are a late adopter now. Um, so here's a here's a personally driven question: the dish itself and the setup. Um, I'm a camper, and we've been exploring like you know how we we could stay connected to the grid while being mobile. Do you see this as something that could be a mobile solution or no? Not currently because it said it was limited to my address. So I had to type in the correct address that my satellite would be at. So I don't know if they're locking that satellite into that area or what, but it was maybe it has a GPS on it and it says, look, you're trying to run this from Canada where it says Mm -hmm. you sign up from Florida. Yeah. They said, you got to be careful. You put in the correct address that you want this to be ran from. Interesting. Um, Another question. It seems that their customer communications are fairly transparent and frequent. Um, Have they given you any kind of indication of where the project goes from here and what to expect as your neighbors get more, uh, as more neighbors sign up? Or are they pretty quiet about that? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really heard much about that. I, the one... The one thing is, it's it's really difficult to. Not that I've had too many issues. I only had just the one, and uh, and I had their tech support that you can uh, email on. Um, so I emailed them, but it took them like three days to get back with me. And then they sent me an email, and then two hours later, they sent another email saying customer is unresponsive. So we <laughs> closed the ticket out. I'm like, you gave me two hours on an email to respond. That sounds but, about I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I didn't have the issue anymore. It was the speed thing that was going on. It, it actually dropped down to like a 10 down and a two up. So, I was, and that was going for like two days, but then it, it went away right after that. And then it, I, they sent an email out later on saying they fixed some kind of uh, patch that they had to put in our system. So, so I, I'm just happy they didn't say, have you tried turning it off and on as their first uh, line yeah. of uh, <laughs> t- troubleshooting? Can you do a, a little more of a virtual unboxing for us? What, how big's the box? What comes in it? How big's the dish? Um, there's yeah. a modem, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, the box was about six inches thick and, oh, I'd say about large size suitcase. Basically, this is what it seemed like. Um, so basically open it up and they've got uh, picture pages right on, right on the top of the box. So pretty much uh, if you can follow the pictures, they don't really have many words. It's really just pictures. So is this made by Ikea? <laughs> might be <laughs> okay just look. so pretty much just took it out of the box uh clipped it right into the stand goes right and it clips right on in set it out plug the power in and um the little modem is kind of cool 
it's really small um it's it's about as big as a a small uh notepad i guess would be the best way to put it like an ipad type deal yeah okay um and it's just looks like a triangle too so it almost looks like a little little triangle had, piece they had to be different yeah <laughs> uh there's no fan in it or nothing um the the only drawback to it to that modem itself is that once you log into it and that's it so it's like an you, you can set your username and password obviously but there's no control for you it's just it's on so you don't get the pick you know can i stream at 2.4 bandwidth or a five you know hertz? Oh. it's just is it, it is it a wi-fi as well yeah uh, okay so it's almost like a unnecessarily locked down cheap router right right but you that also has an out on it so you can plug in your own router if you'd like okay so i have it going to my switchboard so i can i did read somewhere where you had to use the modem is that a, still a true statement um you i think you have to to come in because you got to have something that because something has to like communicate to the Starlink itself because that's what communicates to the satellite to tell it to readjust okay so, so there's some special wow. firmware on there and all yeah. that fun stuff it just sounds like some pretty nice tech though when you i mean when you think about it something's controlling the dish in addition to receiving, you know, so it's finding satellites, it's knowing where you're located. So you can't like just move it around, which kind of sucks, but so some sophisticated <laughs> stuff going on hey, there. We'll hack it. We'll spoof it. We'll tell it <laughs> we're, we're really coming from Boulder, but you're in, uh, what is it? Uh, Moab or wherever you go. <laughs> Elon, right. you got to figure that out. I think you got a great market there well, for well, campers. Here, let's, let's, let's take it dark. We haven't gone dark yet in this episode. <clears throat> So I'm looking at the list of countries that this is available in United States, Canada, UK, Germany, Poland, New Zealand, and Australia. So I'm just thinking of the map. Those aren't contiguous countries and whatnot. So they've clearly got this locked down by geography. So imagine a China, you know, if you had Starlink in China, you know, where we have the great firewall, that, that seems like a threat, you know, Chinese government would be like WTF. You ain't having that here. Imagine if you're the Taliban, and now you get like some awesome internet from your cave. You know, you're mm -hmm. streaming Netflix from your cave. Now you're uploading terrorist videos like you've never uploaded them before. This is getting really weird. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's very possible, you know, that they've got some technology that's, or when we say technology, they've got some if then else statements that say, sorry, turned on for you. Not for you. One day, this is going to be, someone's going to have some hacked firmware. Right. And be mm -hmm. able to like, you can do whatever you want, wherever you want. So how do you but shut that location? <laughs> isn't location spoofing a little harder than some of the other spoofing that happens? I mean, if well, it is I'm, using GPS, GPS is GPS is, I mean, there's I'm no getting around that. Well, I'm presuming all it is, is just like everything else we do on a daily basis, Bob data in data out. <laughs> and if I just say my data is this, who are you to say where I got it from? And so, and with custom firmware, maybe this is, you know, just restricted on the device itself. And now, because, you know, think of, I think it's called tomato and there's all these different, uh, router firmware. You can reflash some cheap, cheap links to Swift. So one day I think it's inevitable. Somebody will hack this, right? Well, what if you threw like an unlocator in between the dish and the router, right? Like, I mean, just a very simple piece of middleware there that it's basically, I guess you could spoof your location. Yeah, because a, a GPS, GPS coordinate. Well, 
a GPS coordinate is a digital number, right? And w- at some point, the ground station, so let's call it a ground station, that either has a GP, it's talking to the GPS satellites, but if, you know, I used to work at a video game store, we used to modify PlayStations to play emulated games all day long, and you just <laughs> solder a wire here and here, and now it bypasses that circuit, uses my circuit, and then I can say I'm in Disneyland for all you care. Right, but that hard-coded circuit is basically just a, a broad geolocation you know, that, that's just a, that's a hard coded geo that basically says you're in the U S probably, you know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, who, who knows what that looks like? Yeah. I don't know. But I'm, I'm assuming when Ben was describing the intake process where they're like, be certain that you get your address correct. I'm sure that there's a GPS component that looks up that address that you put in versus where the router is located. And if it's within a certain, you know, radius, then they're like, all right, it's cool. But if you bust outside yeah. that radius, then you got a problem. Yeah, so just like any generation one technology, <laughs> you know, they they forget something or whatnot. And and I just think one day, you know, we'll be talking how, hey, remember when Starlink was cool? Now it's like that's like the terrorist network where, you know, they can just do whatever because you use this hack thing. I get I get it. I'm peeing in everyone's Cheerios again. <laughs> I get it. But I want Starlink. I'm just saying, you know, what's what's the Black Mirror episode of Starlink one day? So that's one of them. The other one is is we have uh, India and China, I believe, are looking to launch a, a competitor to Starlink. And it's just going to just create this like huge traffic jam in space. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you're like, oops, we we uh, China knocked down a bunch of these uh, Starlink ones. Where do you go to file your complaint? You know, you just like shrug your shoulders and go, oh, sorry about that. My bad. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, just let's think- just, we can stay dark. Is this going to start the Star Wars thing again? Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to put guns on them, you know, lasers, and then we're going to shoot down everyone else's because we found out China's using all their military stuff on there and we don't want that or whatever. Right. And phase one of that will be like, no, 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 no. These are like safety lasers to prevent a collision in space. And and then instead people are just pointing them and poo poo. <laughs> yep. And then, then like somebody puts a rail gun up there because like Star Wars lasers are like totally fictional. You like a lightsaber. You can't have no, a beam not. of light stop at like exactly three feet away from where it started. That's just not <laughs> how it works. You can't have a laser turn on, turn off, turn on, turn off, and go pew, pew, pew. It's just not how lasers work. It's either on or it's off. It uses you know. the force, Kevin. Fair enough. But a rail gun is a kinetic energy weapon, and you can use gravity to just, you know, as it's coming back to orbit, it will accelerate even further. Like all the modern Navy ships are starting to get rail guns. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a next iteration. Not only could you shoot down other satellites, you could actually do like a star destroyer in star Wars and shoot, (laughs) shoot the ground from space, but not with lasers with rail guns. (laughs) Man, we really need to get in on this black mirror stuff. (laughs) We need, we had a whole episode, Ben, uh, one or two now. Where we made up fictional, but you ever seen Black Mirror uh-uh. on Netflix? Oh, um, I, I can watch. probably stream it now. You pr- yes, you've been yes. deprived. So it's basically like, what if for tech and it goes wrong? <laughs> um, Bob's favorite one, I think it's called Nosedive. I think I'm remembering. Nosedive, yes, yes. It's a social rating system. So after this podcast, you would give us a rating. You give 
us as individuals, instead of like an Uber, you're like, yeah, it was a, that was a five or a four drive. Mm. After every social interaction, you would give us a rating. And then we use that for getting invited to things. Your, your credit score is affected by that. Anyway, it's a really great episode. Huh. Something you should check out. R- really Mirror. great, but it will also make you cry. So, yes. <laughs> so uh, a common theme of our podcast is we, <laughs> we tend to think of that's great, but you know, we take it like into the extreme. So yeah, rail guns on Starlink satellites at some point in the future, I'm, I'm guessing 10 years max. But they're so tiny though. How, how powerful would the rail gun be on that tiny little satellite? I don't know. We're, you're right. Time use. I mean, you're, you've sold me, Bob. Let's just set up a purpose-built railgun satellite. Then we don't have to deal with it. And it happens to have a, a communication, you know, cone on it, so we can be like, "Oh, look, we're just, yeah." Anyway, it's coming. I'm sure that's part of what Star Wars was all about. Star Wars was originally called SDI, right? Strategic Defense Initiative, I do believe, and it was during Reagan, right? You, you're both older than yep. me, so. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that never happened, but I think it was, uh, one of those things that we don't, we couldn't even do it if we wanted to. It was more of this like, oh, we'll do this. If you move, uh, missiles into Eastern Europe, you know, and we're like, we'll show you, but it was a total bluff. But I think we're now in the era where <clears throat> we could totally do it now. And it would totally be Elon Musk. Elon Musk is like, uh, somebody described him on the radio the other day. He's part Bond villain, part genius. You know, it's just like, are we supposed to like this guy? I mean, he's kind of cool, but kind of, I don't know, you know, and mm-hmm. he's, anyway. He's hard not to like, but also easy to hate all at the same time. It's so bizarre. Yeah, uh, Tony Stark. So, uh, yeah. Bob, you're still doing uh, the Avengers and Marvel stuff, right? We're on the second time through at this point. So, yeah. Oh, nice. I have. To, I still have to do Falcon and uh, the Winter Soldier. Do you have Disney Plus, right? Have you started yes. watching that yet? We did. Um, we, no we were two episodes behind. No, we're okay. just two episodes behind. Jackson's keep, keeps telling me to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Anyway, uh, Tony Stark uh, is totally Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. You know, agree in the real world, I yeah. think right now. So I call that series Bucky and the bird, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it didn't look appealing, but he keeps telling me to watch it. So it, you, you said you've seen a few episodes. Yeah. I, I think it's very, uh, I'm going to assume I haven't gotten far enough into it yet, but it feels like it could be very Wanda vision esque, where like you have to hang in there for a few episodes mm. to get to the, to the grab part. I don't know. So uh, um, Ben, I I know you're a big listener of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fake news. Long time listener. Kevin and I, Kevin and I, a couple episodes ago, talked about NFTs. Are you familiar with the the concept of the NFT? Uh-uh. Non fungible token. And artists are using them. They're selling they're selling digital art online as NFTs. And uh, one of our one of my favorite personalities in the world sophia the robot sold one for like almost seven hundred thousand dollars which is ridiculous but and that was kind of the focus of the show but uh just a, an update for listeners that caught that episode kevin and i predicted that nfts were not going to go anyplace anytime soon and it, it appears that the mar- market is already bottoming out on them <laughs> i did see a uh 
sub headline somewhere that Tom Brady is starting the football player is starting an NFT company. I did not click on it. Yep. Did you click on that, Bob? I did not because I just said idiot and then scrolled on. <laughs> He's got money to burn. I don't. Whatever. <laughs> got it. But but I think that's that's a big part of it that we brought up in the episode is that it seems like it's one of those outlets for people who just don't know what to do with their cash. And unfortunately, kids are getting sucked into it. And so they're trying to like, it's almost like this MLM thing where they're making and selling these digital pieces of art amongst their peer group in the hopes that they'll drive the prices up, but there's just not enough demand or volume and they're getting crushed. So anyway, just wanted to update everyone that they're failing faster than we even predicted. All right. So if I could pull it back to Starlink. So one, one thing I hadn't realized till recently is, you know, think about all the places that don't have internet, Indiana being number one, number two being um, oceans and whatnot. So imagine the things this will open up for like rescues and, and things like that, because eventually maybe you have a Starlink ground terminal light that all it does is it, it, it can connect, but all it does is send out an emergency beacon or something like that. Think of the Malaysian airplane that we somehow lost and we still don't know where it's at <laughs> in the Indian Ocean. Maybe we would have, you know, I don't know, a ping back. Just be like, hey, we've got this global Internet thing. The government's giving grants for it. So, Elon, can you, uh, I don't know, can we make it mandatory that for safety and, you know, whatever reasons, we can connect because I hate to tell you out in the middle of the Indian ocean, you don't have that big of a density of a user base. So why not? You yeah. know? So yeah. It seems like they could remedy that pretty simply with just a, a kind of like a beacon architecture that, you know, pieces of equipment like airplanes or ships just have a simple beacon that pings, pings the ring. Yep. I mean, it'd be really lightweight. I, I know they do something somehow you know, now, but it seems like this will open up that sort of thing. And can you think of any other, um, I guess, uses of this network that, you know, that this enables, you know, maritime is obviously one of them. Aviation is the next one. Uh, internet in Indiana is the third. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not bitter. No. Um, anything else you can think of? That we could do it because uh, I don't think the polls are covered. So people in Antarctica, sorry, you're still out of luck. Santa, not going to work out well for you, but you know, there should be like some good uses elsewhere, right? I think every place outside the polls, it could just radically, you know, rethink everything about global positioning, really, if they, if they leverage it well. Well, oh, you just gave me that thought. So the GPS system is run by the Air Force and it's a bunch of little satellites, but it's something that they have to maintain. And uh, last time I checked, it's kind of a fragile network of satellites. It's not the most robust network. I wonder if something like this well, could simply old, replace right? it. Hmm. Yes. But think, think of, uh, I don't even know if it's possible Maybe you need the GPS system for Starlink to exist. Because imagine you're a satellite going around the Earth. How do you know where you are in space in relation to anything? You have to have something to, you have to have a frame of reference. I'm sure Elon's figured this out in his sleep at, or at breakfast one day. But I'm trying to understand, you know, if you didn't have GPS, could Starlink even be possible? Because you just wouldn't know where you were in the universe. 
See, I got to think that he rewrote that. Like that his satellites are not utilizing the GPS network because A, we've identified it's super old, super fragile. I bet you he's got something new going on for them. Magic. Got it. You heard it here from Bob and Kevin. (laughs) I say I'd almost agree with that a little bit because uh, I use the the Life 360 app a lot of times and uh, and it'll show us exactly where we're at in the house. And I'm like, before it wasn't, it would just be be like, why am I in the field? You know, why are you over here? And now it's like pinging me right where I'm at and it's pinging my wife where she's at in the house. I'm like, wow, it's really got us pinged right pretty good now. So I know the cell networks do their own GPS outside of the satellites because uh, the coffee shop in town, Google started track because I'd spent so much time one summer there. It said that's your home. So I would not be in the coffee shop and it would say you've got 10 minutes to home and it would put the coffee shop as my home like. A, that's creepy, and B, obviously it's wrong, but that's creepy, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel you there. Uh, When are you going to get rid of that tracking device in your pocket? Um, So Bob's referring to my my Android here that's going on five, six years old now, totally paid off, but I'm totally eyeballing the new iPhone 12. My my wife has one, because it is the first Apple phone that does 5G. The problem is, is do you think we have 5G here in Indiana, Bob, at least where I live? Hell no, we don't. <laughs> it's just like a tease. So I'm like, ah, should I keep waiting? You know, cause then I get iPhone 13, hoping that 5G finally comes out here. Of course, I literally looked last night at the 5G coverage map and here, allow me to get on this soapbox. Like we've, we've got like six definitions of what 5g is. If you ask AT&T, it's this. If you ask T-Mobile, it's that Verizon's like this. And then I went to the Verizon website cause I have Verizon and they said, well, here's our 4g slash 5g coverage. They put it together cause they know if they took off the 4g, it would be like an empty map except for like Indianapolis and Chicago. And then, uh, then they have this like sub service of 5g called ultra wideband. And if you can actually filter the map to show that, it's like a hundred feet of coverage. It's like this little, really <laughs> tiny thing. So I almost have zero hope of 5G coming anytime soon because, and this relates back to Starlink, I was hoping that either 5G or Starlink would come at some point. Starlink finally is manifesting, but 5G, I just think that's just like vaporware still. I mean, what about out in Boulder and Denver? Do you guys even have 5G yet? You probably do because you're older in Denver, but. Caroline just got the 12 mini um, and she has 5G and it shows that she's getting 5G. However, I've noticed that her coverage seems to be pretty spotty. Has she done so, a speed test from a 5G like signal? We we have not. I actually should do that. Um, I can't believe I haven't, but we've just been. It's her phone's first of all, it's so small that I don't even think of it as a 12 because, you know, the mini is basically the same size as the six, maybe the five S even. So it's pretty tiny and I keep forgetting that she's got a brand new phone. So, <laughs> so Sarah, Sarah's phone, it'll say 5G every now and then. we did a speed test and it was like 1.2 megabits down. It was just like, I think I get better on 4G on my phone, you know, so you know, I don't right. trust any of this 5G marketing whatsoever right now. Anyway, so to answer your question, yes, I will eventually get an iPhone, but I'm totally just like dragging my feet. So let me ask you, do you feel like the iPhone is more secure phone or something? That is true. Yes. 
interesting. Yes. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh. Now you can't just leave it there. Explain. <laughs> it, it really doesn't what matter you what, what you phone have? you have. I have the Samsung <laughs> S9. Okay. I've got but, a Galaxy Note 5, which is old. Yeah. But. So, I mean, I had a guy that had a, we just had this week, we had a, his his Apple phone on and we were sitting there chit-chatting. I was talking about Grip 6 uh, wallet I wanted to get, you know, but it was on back order. And then he picks up his phone and he starts scrolling on there and it had Grip 6 ad, uh, commercial on there. And he's like, <laughs> I've never even went to a Grip 6 website. He goes, I go, because your phone's listening to you. So, uh We've always wanted to. Well, Bob apparently, and Ben I, does listen to the show. <laughs> Bob and I have always wanted to like. Be, we need like a shtick. We need something. So tinfoil hat guys. You know, if we're going to mm-hmm. give away show swag, we're going to give like branded aluminum foil out because mm-hmm. we're totally these guys. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. Alex is totally listening right now. Even oh, though yeah. I got her muted, don't trust it. You know, oh, yeah. I'm that guy. <laughs> so that's funny. So do you think the but, Android's any better? Or is oh it- no, it listens. Okay. Right. It listens. Well, I just like it because it has more of an open access so I can actually do some stuff. Yes. You know, it's amen. It goes to this whole smart, <laughs> dumb technology, like uh, a little off subject. I just bought a printer and so, but it's Wi-Fi only. So I needed to get uh, connected, but it says you need to use your mobile app. So I'm like, all right. So I get on my mobile app and it says, I can't connect to your printer connected to the Wi-Fi first. Well, how am I connecting to the Wi-Fi if I can't connect? If I have to use my mobile app. <laughs> So then, so I'm like, what? This is stupid. So then I had the computer. My wife needed her laptop going to it. It said, cannot see uh, printer. Uh, put in verification code. Next thing you know, the printer's printing and it prints out a verification code because the computer Apparently told it to connected. send it. I'm like, well, how could you not see it, but you told it to send a code to it? I'm confused. So. Not that I'm here to, to hate on Apple because I've had many episodes where I've done that. Um, but Apple for me, I feel like it like caters to the lowest common denominator of, of experience. And that's why I kind of like Android still. Cause I feel like I'm mm-hmm. not locked down where I feel like iPhones like, yeah, we could make it easy for you, but we're not, we're just going to offer this one button, then tell you it's easier, but it's not easier, but we're going to tell you it's easier. That's just my humble opinion. I will get in that. Hey, Apple. I, I just remember that exercise when you put that firewall app on your phone and all the stuff that was just bleeding out of there constantly. So that is my main. Re- so Ben, to give you an idea. So I can't uninstall Facebook from here because it's built into the firmware. Nice. The only thing I can do is disable <laughs> it. So it's like 300 meg of internal storage. I can never recover. So that's problem. Number one problem. Number two is I'm like, gee, how does, how does, me shopping here manifest on, you know, shopping on my home computer. Well, it's because everything here is like leaking out the back door. Have you ever noticed that we went from like every app has like an ad banner system to they don't have those anymore, but it's still free. How does that, hmm, how is it funded? Well, I put on a uh, firewall thing here and it basically showed what are you talking to all over the network? And they're all talking to Facebook. So they're all selling me out to Facebook mm-hmm. yeah. in the back end. And this is Q Apple was it iOS 14. It really pissed off yes. Zuckerberg because now the jig is up on Apple and they, you have to opt into each of those requests. And of course, Zuck's like, well, you know, you're going to ruin the internet and blah, 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 you know, whatever. But I'm looking forward to that kind of crap because my tinfoil hat's getting a little worn out and I need to do something <laughs> like that because this phone I don't trust. Yeah. My wife's got the new, the new Apple, the 12 uh, pro. But uh, how's the camera on that side note? Oh, the on the pro. Uh, no, oh, on this, this was actually pretty good. Okay. 
So this was really good. And now, of course, the Pro is a lot better than this one. Because um, the iPhone cameras are so good. And yeah. that's almost like worth it right there. I don't care what else it does. It takes great pictures. Done, yeah, I will know? say that she's got, and since we're getting ready to go to Hawaii, she wanted to make sure she had a good camera for that. So yeah. we got the Pro. Well done. Well done. So I Caroline upgraded all about the camera. Yeah, we, we do our Etsy stuff. Um, I, I do like all the work and Sarah takes the pictures. That's her job. And of course, there's a backlog of pictures somehow. But yeah, since her phone is so much better than mine, I have to wait on her to in order to list some of the new stuff. Anyway, so that is the one drawback. <laughs> you know, like the Apple does that live stream photos and stuff. Mm -hmm. So then I have to keep paying for more cloud service for my wife because she takes pictures and it's constantly full of the live gotcha. photos. So it takes a lot of so, space. So, so that's kind of a racket, right? iCloud, you've got uh, Amazon, you know, uh, cloud storage. You've got, was it uh, Dropbox, Bobby use, you got OneDrive. Mm -hmm. All those people are like, yeah, come to us, put all your stuff here. And then if you ever realize I want to move to a different service, mm -mm. <laughs> you're really going to move two terabytes of stuff. Now nah, you'll just pay the extra five bucks that they want now out of you per month. Mm -hmm. That's such a racket. Ben, do you all use any of the other Apple services like Apple music or Apple fitness plus or news plus or any of those? Uh, she uses some different apps that she just downloads for the fitness and stuff like that. We don't really use uh, much of that because we choose like the Spotify and stuff. They've got a pretty good bundle rate for some of their premium services and the storage space is included in that. Like it's two terabytes. So mm. I it, think for a bunch of their services and you can share them with the family, that's the best part. Yeah. That's kind of why I went away from Apple because of the whole sharing. <laughs> so uh, we used to have, I used to have an Apple phone too, but my Apple phone kept getting uh, backed up to whatever my wife's profile was. And I really didn't want oh, all her contacts and all of her information. I kind of wanted mine. So I just said, forget it. You can be Apple and I'll just go to something else. So I just well, want the Android. I think well, Apple does. I think they've gotten share. better at separating them. They do love to share Apple. we got to give them credit. I mean, if you're in China, they share the private keys with all their uh, users with the government because that's the law. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, they like to share. Tinpo hat guy. Sorry. <laughs> they've got better separation now, though, in the family plans. Well, that's good. I'll still stick away from Apple. <laughs> All right, Bob. Uh, is there anything you're dying to ask Ben about Starlink, the life uh, or life, the universe and everything else? Any of that stuff? No, but I mean, it was great. Thanks, Ben, for coming on. And he did help us out a lot. I mean, it's great getting that firsthand, you know, from signing up to open in the box and getting it running. I'm glad it's, you know, it's working out for you and. I'm excited that Kevin might get some actual bandwidth sometime soon. So it's not terrible. It, <laughs> I just, I'm under contract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. Uh, and for everybody listening at home, uh, this is going to be a podcast here in the next few days. Thanks to Josh and Beatty bar media one more time. And Kev, you got anything to wrap up with? It was uh, fun to talk nerdy with you fellas. That's it. Yeah, very good time. Let's do it again, for sure. Indeed. Thanks for listening. Find us on all the podcast networks. Replay streams, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. If you're still here, you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, till next time. Bye.
Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>